appreciated. Out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. I am here for the NFL Week 17 recap. Happy New Year, everybody. It is now 2024. We are only one week left in the NFL regular season. The playoffs are almost upon us. Things are super exciting. Um, Let's get right into the recap. This week, I definitely tried to choose games that, you know, had some sort of impact, um, you know, on the playoff scenarios. And others are just, you know, teams that will make an impact, you know, in the playoff picture um, in either conference. But... Yeah, I mean, you know, we're getting to the point of the season where every win, um, no matter how convincing or how ugly, is starting to contribute heavily to playoff scenarios, right? Um, So, yeah, and then, you know, also some of these matchups have set up, you know, super high-stakes games uh, for the next week, which I'll definitely be recapping as well. But, dang, I can't believe the NFL season is actually almost over. Yeah. at least the regular season, we're still going to have a fantastic month um, of playoffs coming in soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy to have almost made it through another NFL season. And I'm sure everyone is a little bit bummed out now that they've had to go back to work now that the holidays are over and work is starting up again. But, you know, for fun, you can listen to Out of Bounds, as always. Um, you guys know I tried my best here to keep it very entertaining. <laughs> um But yeah, anyways, let's start with an AFC East matchup. The Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. This game was so weird. Um, Just to start off with how weird it was, basically on the first play of the game, there was a kickoff return for touchdown by Jalen Rager for 98 yards. I literally can't remember the last time there's been a kickoff return for a touchdown on the first play itself. Um, I thought, you know, the Patriots special teams unit obviously did a good job, like setting up a crease for uh, Jalen to like explode through. But also like another thing I noticed is I thought the kicker did like a terrible job. Like the kicker had a clean shot at him. But instead of like, you know, obviously it's hard for kickers to make this tackle because, you know, they're not like defenders and the kickoff guy is usually running like at full speed. But like. Tyler Bass did absolutely nothing to even slow him down. Like, I'm pretty sure Jalen Rager just spun around him, and, like, his speed didn't even change at all. And that just kind of made it too easy. Um, After that, you know, the Patriots go up 7-0, obviously. Um, They force a punt on the Bills' next possession. And I'm there thinking, like, dang, what? Like, is this going to be, like, some sort of upset? Because, you know, we've seen the Bills kind of play down to some, you know, to some teams, um, this hasn't been their finest year record-wise. Uh, but again, they do win a close one, 27-21 over the Patriots. Partly because what happened afterwards, I legitimately think that Bailey Zappi might have played like one of the worst quarters that an NFL quarterback might have ever played. Um, that's kind of a tongue twister, but he was truly awful. Um, so... The first offensive play of the game, he throws a pretty bad a bad pick. Um, that one, to be honest, I call it pretty bad, but it, it's pretty bad for the Patriots. But honestly, it wasn't that much of Bailey Zappi's fault. Um, Rizwell Douglas, the I guess the Bills traded for him uh, from the Packers this season. It was actually Ed Oliver who kind of you know hit tipped the ball or it, it, he pushed someone in and got, the ball got tipped. Rizwell Douglas ends up coming up with the ball. 
This is huge because they're on the 18-yard line at that point. Um, and, you know, after the after the kickoff return for touchdown, this gave the Bills a perfect opportunity to even up the score. To be fair, I gave the Patriots' defense a little bit of credit here. They held here. Um, their pass defense in particular was pretty good this game. Um, just reading off, you know, Josh Allen's uh, stat line, it wasn't great. He completed 15 of 30 passes for 169 yards and one pick. Like, the Patriots' de- uh, pass defense definitely did their job in this game. Um, yeah, so, again, on that drive, they forced a three and out, but they're already at the 18-yard line. So it basically allows the Bills just to kick a very easy field goal. Um, you know, and a pro- it's a product of that. Is some of them are drops, too. I guess uh, James Cook dropped the third and sixth pass that Josh Allen threw to him. Um yeah, then, you know, the teams exchange punts again. Um, it kind of slows down a bit. And then again, on the first drive, now this time is definitely on Bailey Zappi. Um, but yeah, he throws a, a pass to the left, you know, intended for Devontae Parker. It's picked off by Razul Douglas again. So within the first, you know, seven minutes of the game here, he has two interceptions already, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, just a fantastic job. You know, I really thought the Bills' defense kind of carried them in this one. You know, without this stretch here, like, there's no guarantee that they would have won this game because the offense definitely wasn't playing uh, up to standard. Um, But, yeah, so basically here, the Bills get another interception. Uh, This time, you know, he actually returns it for 10 yards. There's 14 yards left to go. Um, And then after that, you know, it's a James Cook run play. They run Stephon Diggs, then Josh Allen. He gets called for two QB sneaks. And they kind of just, you know, bully their way into the end zone at that point because they're already so close. Um, at that point, Buffalo takes the lead. And then <laughs> the Patriots' offensive struggles continue. Um, so this time, now Tyler Bass uh, kicks it. So Zeke Elliott has a broaden for no yards. And then, you know, a short left pass to Farrell Brown who fum- runs for five yards, fumbles it, and then it's recovered by Buffalo defense. Again, on the New England 25. So here's three opportunities that Buffalo had to kind of run up the score. Like, they only had to go, like, the max is 25 yards. If they could have just scored touchdowns here, I feel like they really could have put the Patriots out of the game. Um, but the Patriots defense did a good job, again, you know, just holding the Bills to field goals after the offense put them in literally the worst position possible. Um, at that point, you know, the Bills, again, here, settle for another field goal. Um, I guess they do end up getting one first down at this point. Um, Josh Allen kind of had this weird play where it looked like he was going to get taken down for a loss, and then he laterals it to Shakir, um, who gets to the eight-yard line. But then again, yeah, they get stopped at third and goal, um, and they kick another Tyler Bass field goal. Um, yeah, and then, you know, and then again, the teams exchange punts. Um, and then once again, man. Here, like, it's this is ridiculous now. So now it's like the first quarter has ended, and it's twenty to seven, or sorry, it's thirteen to seven Buffalo. Like right now, the Patriots are still in striking range. It's like, all right, you played like a horrific quarter offensively. You had two picks and one fumble, but you're still only down six points. Like you could literally score a touchdown at any point, and this Buffalo offense is not doing well. Like your defense is playing well enough, but then you know again. There's another interception. Um, again, Bailey Zappi intended for Jalen Rager. Again, it's Rajul Douglas. He takes it back 40 yards this time for a p- 
pick six. And now Buffalo is up 20 to seven. And then this is kind of where I felt like, okay, you know what? Like maybe the game is out of hand. But then literally the next play, the next drive, um, they have, uh, you know, <laughs> there's actually something. It, it's so funny. There was actually like another play where it looked like someone was going to fumble and Rajul Douglas was on top of it again. Um, but then they actually reviewed the fumble and it wasn't ruled a fumble. And I was like, all right, thank God, man. I was starting to feel bad for the Patriots at that point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they have uh, basically a short pass to Harris. I think he's a running back. He basically, like, this is the one play where Buffalo defense, they played very well throughout the game. They were kind of gifted some turnovers by the Patriots, obviously. But this play, they were just kind of lazy. They got burned for 48 yards. And then Bailey Zappi had a pretty quick touchdown run. And, again, it's 14-20, to 20 and the Patriots are right back in it. Um, and then Josh Allen himself throws a pick. So at that point, you know, this game looks kind of like, okay, like, you know, maybe the Patriots are kind of in it. But then it's like every time the Patriots have a chance, they just, like, don't take the opportunity, right? Like, after the pick from Josh Allen, they drive nine plays for 60 yards. Um, and then Chad Ryland misses a 47-yard field goal. And it's like, all right, man. A <laughs> um, couple punts to end the half. You know, Buffalo comes out in the second half. Um, huge play. Finally, you know, Buffalo really... For a big play offense, they had nothing going in that first half. Finally, in the second half, uh, Josh Allen has a huge play to Dalton Kincaid to the New England 13 for 51 yards. They score a touchdown there, and that pretty much puts the game out of hand. Um, the Patriots do have one more touchdown drive, uh, where Ezekiel Elliott scores on a six-yard short one. Um, but again, you know, at that point, um, the Bills punt again, and then you know the Patriots punt with like five minutes left. And the Bills have done this so many times now. Where, like, they'll get the ball back with, like, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they'll just, like, keep converting first downs. It's like they know. It's kind of weird because they're, like, not confident enough in their offense to, like, be aggressive. But they know that their offense can at least get, like, a first down. Um, and, you know, they sneak away a win in this one. Um, the Bills don't actually clinch a playoff spot out of this game. Um, they're sitting at 10-6 and six right now. Um, or Yeah, 10-6. and six. So they do have a pretty good shot of making it. But what's super interesting is this sets up a matchup next week against the Miami Dolphins. Um, and the winner of that game is actually going to take the AFC East crown. Um, and it's in Miami. It uh, looks like it's set for Sunday night football. So that's definitely going to be super exciting. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens in that game. I honestly have no idea what to think because, you know, the Bills and Dolphins have had a great streak going. But at the same time, like... They've also had a couple of duds against better opponents. But one thing I will say is Buffalo, you know, they've now won four games in a row. Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots. Obviously, that Cowboys win is huge. The rest of the opponents are kind of it. And the Chiefs win is pretty big, too. Um, but again, Chargers and Patriots, they're not the best teams right now. And the Bills did struggle with them. But I feel like the Bills are going to come ready, you know, to play uh, against the Dolphins. So that's going to be super interesting to see uh, whoever ends up winning that game. Uh, he's going to take the AFC East. But I still feel like the loser of that game is going to make the wild card. Again, it's not clinched yet because I guess there are some weird scenarios where, you know, someone gets in, one of these teams might get out. But uh, the sixth seed is definitely available for the loser of this game. Um, but it's a, it makes a huge difference, you know. If you're Buffalo, like, you're a monster at home, right? Like, you want to have, you know, as many home playoff games as you can. As you uh, can. Obviously, they can't get the one seed now, but... Just having one playoff game could be at home could be the difference between, you know, losing in the first round. Um, and, and, you know, at this point, let me see what the standings are like. 
Um, I'm curious to see if the Bills and Dolphins could actually play each other. Yeah, I don't think so right now. Um, right now, it looks like the Chiefs are sitting there. Um, but I guess theoretically it could happen. You know, we could get a 3-6 matchup between Miami and Buffalo, which would be pretty tough, but, you know, still possible. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if that would suck to have those two teams play early. But, you know, the Bills haven't had the greatest season and the Dolphins have sputtered as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to see that. Anyways, uh, moving on to the next game. Um, I'm actually going to talk about a team in the NFC that clinched the playoffs, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, win a super close game, 26-25 over the New York Giants. The New York Giants, who have now reinserted Tyrod Taylor back into the starting lineup. Um, it looks like they're done with Tommy DeVito. Um, and in my opinion, the Giants offense has always looked the best with Tyrod Taylor in it as opposed to um, Tommy DeVito and even Daniel Jones, if I'm being honest. They're, they've looked the best with Tyrod Taylor in there for sure. Um, Tyrod Taylor, 27 for 41, 319 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Sacked six times. Uh, yeah, and, you know, this wasn't the best game from the Rams' perspective either. Matthew Stafford was 24 for 34, 317 yards, one touchdown, but two picks. It was a pretty sloppy game for them, honestly. Um, you know, towards the end of the game, I'll get into how we got there. But basically, in my opinion, I don't really think that the Rams really won this game. It just kind of felt like the Giants lost the game and the Rams kind of just floated. They kind of survived. They did enough, but, you know, sitting at nine and seven uh, in kind of a like compared to the AFC, it's a little bit of a weaker wild card race for sure. Um but, yeah, I mean, the Rams, they clinch a playoff spot uh, with the emergence of some new offensive weapons like Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams. These guys have emerged and kind of re-energized the team um, along with Demarcus Robinson, uh, you know, adding on to the core of Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, um, and Aaron Donald. But, you know, the Rams, they're going up to the playoffs now. Um, let's talk a little bit about this game. Uh, I thought, you know... The Rams, they, you know, they moved the ball very well early on. Um, all the weapons were super engaged. They, they, they're for, I've talked about it before on other podcasts, but they're just like really good on their first couple of drives. Like that Sean McVay script, it works really well. And this game, it felt like they really distributed the ball pretty well too. Like Puka led them with five catches for 118 yards. But then after that, Demarcus Robinson, six catches, 92. Tyler Higby, six catches for 62. Cooper Cup was only four catches for 27 yards, but he did score the only receiving touchdown through the air. Um, yeah, I mean, so again, the ball, the Rams moved the ball well pretty early, but then the thing is, you know, there's a fourth and three, Matthew Stafford to Puka on a slant route. He kind of drops the ball. Um, it gives the Giants offense, you know, the ball back at that spot. Obviously, it's a missed fourth down conversion. Um, I guess they were definitely in field goal range. They definitely could have kicked it there. Um, but, you know, the Rams are very aggressive always. Um, but, you know, they force a Giants punt. Um, that was actually a pretty significant drive just because Tyrod Taylor had a, an amazing pass to Jalen Hyatt down the sideline who couldn't come up with the catch. Um, but if he had completed that, like, they would have been, like, 50 yards, like, in Rams territory and, like, rolling. Um, but then, yeah, the Rams get the ball back. And, again, they weren't really – having, like, huge plays offensively. They were kind of just churning yardage. 
Um, it was a bunch of short plays, you know, Kyron Williams, Demarcus Robinson. Um, Tyler Higby was fantastic in this game. I read his stat line before, but he was really like a super effective um, safety blanket for Matthew Stafford in this game. It kind of felt like, you know, whenever Matthew Stafford was under duress, there was always Higby on a crossing route. And it felt like most of his catches were going for first downs. Um, yeah, but again, they, they started churning with Kyron Williams, too, on the ground. Um, it was a lot of Kyron Williams and Tyler Higby on this drive. And then eventually Kyron Williams, uh, you know, he caps it off with a four-yard rushing touchdown. Um, after that, the Giants have a pretty nice response, actually. Um, they go nine plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. Um, again, like, see, this is a team that has decent amount of offensive weapons, right? They have Saquon Barkley. Wandale Robinson is a pretty good possession receiver. Darius Slayton has shown big playability for sure. Darren Waller is fantastic. Um, they have weapons. Like, they just need a quarterback to help unlock these weapons and get the ball to these guys in space. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the big play on this drive, uh, again, now this time they actually connect with Jalen Hyatt for 18 yards. Um, and then, you know, Wandale Robinson on an end around for 24 yards. They're on the board, and suddenly it's tie game. Um, yeah, and then, you know, Matthew Stafford, again, he was – the one thing about Matthew Stafford is both of his interceptions, he was kind of throwing – He they were both, like, overthrows. Like, he just, like, overthrew – um, his target and then whoever the Giants defender was was just perfectly like in position right behind right because like they're just like you know good defenders they're in position and the Giants defense has like played pretty well throughout this season despite you know obviously it's unsuccessful that for them taking a huge step back from where they were last season but like you know in a season like this you want to look for small consistencies and I feel like the Giants you know at least like they have some sort of foundation in that defense um, they get the interception on Stafford after a few drives um, but again, their offense was, you know, their offense was weird. Like they were kind of, they started off pretty hot, but then they kind of got into, um, this middle part of the game where they kind of struggle and then they kind of kicked back up again. Um, the Rams, you know, they, they turned it over on downs on fourth and one, um, where Tyrod Taylor kind of just fumbled the snap and didn't even really give them a chance. Um, obviously, you know, if you're Tyrod Taylor and the giants at this point, you're running like a super aggressive op uh, offense, like. You're trying to, like, you know, just cause an upset uh, where you can. But basically the Rams, you know, they get the ball back. Um, this time, you know, Puka, he has a 13-yard catch to contribute. Um, and he's, they score a short touchdown to Cooper Cup. They're up 14-7 to at this point. Um, and then Tyrod Taylor throws a pick. And it was kind of weird. You know, they were, the teams were definitely taking – there were a lot of turnovers in this game. Um, you know, the, the drive before, it was a turnover on downs. Then Tyrod Taylor throws a pick, um, a deep – on the pass to Slayton where he just kind of, again, it's kind of like a prayer ball. He gets intercepted, but then the Rams get the ball back. And then Demarcus Robinson. Now he tries to run. He fumbles the ball. Giants get the ball back. They actually kick a field goal after a five play 30 yard drive. Um, I thought the second half is kind of where the Rams really, you know, the Rams, they did enough to take control of the game. Um, Puka after that fumble on that first drive and to start the third quarter, he has an insane catch and run for 80 yards where he basically just – he gets like – he catches like a 10-yard hitch, and he should have been tackled by – I think it was Adoree Jackson. Um, but he basically like lets go of Puka, who's not actually out of bounds. And then Puka is just streaking down the right sideline. And it's basically just like a foot race at that point, and he gets all the way to the two-yard line, um, sets up a very easy Kyron Williams two-yard run. Uh, and then, you know, 
they're up 20 to 10 at that point it seems like they're gonna be in control but again the kind of the theme here is like whenever your team seems like it's control i promise you they're not um the nfl is so unpredictable and big plays can just change everything um but basically darius slayton 80 yards from tyrod taylor basically just ran right past the defense tyrod taylor threw it up to him um great throw by tyrod taylor by the way on that one and then they it kind of sucks for them because yeah the great touchdown play out of nowhere to Darius Slayton great play by the Giants but then Mason Crosby misses the extra point um they're they're still down by four so they need another touchdown now and then here's the crazy part again there's on the next drive there's another Matthew Stafford overthrow they get the pick um and then they end up kicking a field goal on the next drive it sucks because you know if they had made that extra point it could have been 2020 at that point um instead no they miss and then you know for the uh for, for the Rams, this is kind of like their final touchdown drive. Um, huge play to Demarcus Robinson um, for 37 yards through the air from Matthew Stafford, uh, and then after that, Kyron Williams is a huge 28 yard run. That like, Kyron Williams is running really really well in this game. He's kind of like a patient runner. He's not the biggest dude, but he like runs behind the blocks and he lets the he ru- lets the blocks set themselves up. Um, he's super good at that. And he's kind of emerged. Like, he had three touchdowns in this game. That's a great performance by him. Um, and then after that, you know, uh, a couple of play punts by the Giants, turnover on downs. And then the Giants actually had a super crazy punt return for touchdown. Um, I think it's Gunnar Oleski. I don't know how you say his name. But 94 yards for Gunnar, who takes it down uh, the right sideline and just scores a touchdown on a punt return after it looks like he was going to be taken down. At that point, it's 26-25, and the Rams are sweating. But then, again, like, this is what I was talking about earlier on, where, like, the Rams definitely didn't win this game. The Giants just kind of lost it. They punt the ball after that. Um, when the Rams, like, you know, they could have just, you know, had a couple first downs, ran down the clock. They weren't able to do it. The Giants drive down. They get in field goal range, and then Mason Crosby just misses a 54-yard field goal. And Tyrod Taylor actually had an insane run. He had a 31-yard run on this. And it's just, like, so sad because, like, you would think, like, oh, man, they're in field goal range, but then they just missed the field goal and, and the game ends. Um, but, again, the Rams did just enough to win this game. Uh, they've, you know, they've snagged this, um, the playoff berth for themselves. Pretty good bounce-back year for them, uh, I would say. You know, for the Giants, obviously, they've been eliminated. Um, I think they're just looking for, you know, whatever they can take forward going into next season. Um, but yeah, the Rams have clinched that six seed. I think the Eagles have clinched too. Um, so yeah, I mean the the division, the NFC South is still up for grabs. Buccaneers between the Buccaneers and Saints, um, and the last wild card spot is still up for grabs. But you know, the Packers they have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. Um, so that game is going to be super important. Uh, obviously, let's see who they have. They have a game against the Bears um, at home next week if they win that they're pretty much in the playoffs as the seventh seed in the nfc um going against the cowboys but yeah i mean you know there's a lot of teams that are still alive vikings are still alive at seven and nine somehow i don't even know what the situation is for that but they're still alive the seahawks are still alive the saints are alive packers are alive and bucks are still alive um yeah i don't know i kind of disrespected the nfc wildcard race because low-key there's more teams fighting for this seven seed here than there are in the AFC. There's 11 teams here where in this one, there's only nine. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, it looks like, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the NFC wildcard race is, you know, more crazier than I anticipated. Um, but yeah, 
Anyways, moving on. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals actually win this game 35-31. to 31. This was definitely one of the more shocking results. Um, I mean, obviously the Eagles have been struggling for a while now. That's like no secret, but I was really shocked to see them lose this game. Um, overall, I thought, you know, Kyler Murray was fantastic, and he has been fantastic ever since coming back from injury. He was 25 for 31 in this game, 232 yards, three passing touchdowns and one interception, only sacked one time. Um, but overall, the offense just looks so different with Kyler Murray out there. Like, his movement and mobility is so smooth and so sharp. Like, he's able to negate any sort of pressure that the Eagles, you know, whenever their defensive linemen were winning their matchups, it doesn't matter because Kyler Murray is just going to move around. He's going to get open and he's going to deliver an of accurate strike to all of his receivers. Um, he was great at distributing the ball. Like Greg Dortch, seven catches, 82 yards. Trey McBride, six catches, 48 yards. Michael Wilson, four catches, 35 yards, and one touchdown. Um, this was a fantastic game by him. And on top of that, the Cardinals were able to run the ball so well. James Conner had a fantastic game, 26 carries, 128 yards. Um, and, you know, when you look at the Eagles' numbers, like, Jalen Hurts, 18 for 23, 167 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. Um, Jalen Hurts, eight carries for 25 yards on the ground as well. Um, DeAndre Swift, you know, he had 13 carries for 61 yards. Um, and overall, you know, the Eagles receiving core was okay. A.J. Brown, four for 53. Dallas Goddard had five for 47 and one touchdown. Julio Jones had two catches for 34 yards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, the Eagles just seem to be missing something. Whatever they're definitely okay, they're definitely missing their edge. Like I feel like in their win streak and in the playoffs, you know, the past year, they just played with such a mean streak. Like their defense was physical. Like they were overall like just destroying teams like physically. Their defense was generating pressure, getting sacks, making hard hits, and playing with like a menacing energy that other teams were scared of. And I don't know, recently it just seems like teams are not scared about going up against these guys. And I don't know what it is. Um, I, I don't know what changed. It, but it's definitely, it feels like to me it's on the defensive side of the ball. Because, you know, when you look at this team, they're, the Eagles, they put up 31 points of offense. I guess you can say seven of that came from, you know, the pick six that they had in this game. But a lot of it is still, but the rest of it is still the offense. And they're giving up 35 points to this Cardinals offense. I understand Kyler Murray is hard to defend, but still, you are hypothetically supposed to be a Super Bowl-level defense. And, you know, everyone was saying that coming into the year. They look like that like 10 weeks into the season, um, even like 13 weeks into the season. It's just in the recent days, they've kind of fallen off. Um, they are kind of getting out physical for sure, but also like players are just able to kind of destroy them as long as they're like shifty, you know, like... Their players are missing tackles, uh, and and that's what's hurting them a lot. Um, I'll kind of go through the the game script now, but you know, yeah. Again, like I said, you know, uh, Kyler Murray he entered the game and he played very well. The Cardinals forced a punt. This was a fourteen play, sixty four yard drive that took eight minutes off the clock that ended in a field goal. The only thing that made this game close is for some reason the Cardinals could just not find their way into the end zone in the first half, but the and they were but they were moving the ball so well. 
And still, like, it's just a shame because the Eagles should have won this game, honestly. Like, going into halftime, they were up 21-6. to um, And there was every reason for them to, like, you know, have a bounce-back victory. They should have poured it on. In my opinion, they should have blown out this team. It should have been, like, 35 or 40-something to, seven, like, 10 uh, by the end of the game. But they failed to do that. Um, Kyler Murray starts with a short pass to Trey McBride. Um, 26 yards. Then, you know, he's just kind of, like, dicing the team up, you know. Short, he, literally the way this Cardinals team plays is they are using the pass to set up the run now because Kyler Murray is such a threat. Like his fakes are, it's so hard to get people to like, his fakes are so well, like you're scared of him running. He can always run. Obviously he can make a quick fake and make a quick pass outside, outside to the sideline. Um, but yeah, they basically got down to the 10 yard line. Uh, the main thing that screwed them is. I guess, you know, Kyler Murray tried, he tried like scrambling and then they was like a 10 yard loss. Um, and then, you know, they got the ball back, but you know, they, um, after that, like that kind of disrupted their touchdown drive. Then the Eagles, their offense like played well, like, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard had a great game. He had a 23 yard catch on this touchdown drive. Julio Jones came out of nowhere with these two touchdowns. Um, and then the, and the next drive is when they have the insane, um, let's see, 99 yard, Pick six, uh, pick six by Sidney Brown. Like that was just, you know, it was a deep pass. It was a miscommunication. The problem was Sidney Brown was the only one there, and he was along the sideline, and everyone saw the pick because it was like it, everyone saw the pick happening. So the defense had like a really good opportunity to set up their blocks down the sideline, and Sidney Brown had so much space to like pick up steam and run fast, and he kind of just outran everyone for the score. Um, that was a great play by him. And then again, like, the Cardinals, 16 plays, 59 yards, 9 minutes, 54 seconds. Like, they are draining time off the clock because they're just able to run the ball, right? James Conner, I read his stat line before, but he had a couple of nice carries on this uh, one for, for a couple of first downs on this drive. Um, but then again, like, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, they get to third and seven at the 16. There's a false start. That kind of kills the drive. They end up kicking a field goal, um, whatever. But then, you know, this the in the Eagles, like this is where I was completely shocked that the Eagles somehow didn't win this game. Because after that, you know, drive, it, I thought, you know, if the Cardinals defense holds them, like, you know, that's the recipe for an upset. But in the Eagles, nine plays, 75 yards in a minute and 34 seconds, they basically get, um, you know, the, the, the trick play here is they go um, brotherly push into like a Kenneth Gainwell like toss who throws it to Devontae Smith. Great play designed by them uh, for 17 yards. That's what gets them down the field. Then they have Jalen Hurts to Julio Jones for 22 yards for the touchdown. Um, he scores. At this point, they're up 21-6, to six, and that just came out of nowhere. That's where I really thought the Eagles were going to pile it on them. But then again, the Cardinals come out of halftime, and they get utterly destroyed by um, – who is that? My, Michael Carter – Michael Carter, he, like, he came out on this drive. He had, like, one play. I think it was, like, third and short. They gave it to Michael Carter. Michael Carter destroyed some guy's ankles and just ran, like, 21 yards or something. Like, it, yeah, it was second and four, and he runs for 21 yards. He he was really good um, on this drive. They just basically ran the ball entirely down the field with him and James Conner. Um, and then, you know... He has a short pass to Michael Carter for the touchdown, too. Like, it just, to me, I was like, Michael Carter, take over? Okay, I'm here for it. But, again, like, this is 10 plays, 75 yards. Like, I'm just like, where is the energy from the Eagles coming out of halftime? 
Um, they let up a touchdown there. After that, it's a punt. Then it's another nine-play, 77-yard drive by the Cardinals. This one is utterly insane. They're at the five-yard line. Kyler Murray, man, he sees some pressure. He escapes backwards, makes the guy miss, spins, throws the touchdown all the way to the end where James Conner just snags the one-handed one-handed grab for a touchdown, man. I was shocked. At that moment, I was like, all right, bro, they're winning the game because that was just ridiculous. Um, Kyler Murray, man, like I, he was he is so underrated. Like he is fantastic of a player. Um, he was injured. So I feel like a lot of people forgot about him. A lot of people don't rate him highly, man. But compared to like these uh, like, look at this season with all these like season ending quarterback injuries. And even without that, like even the, the people who've been like, well, like Jalen Hurts has had shaky moments. Dak has had shaky moments. Josh Allen has had shaky moments. Brock Purdy is having sh- every single quarterback is having shaky moments. And Kyler Murray, like he is as talented with the top of them, you know, in the NFL for sure. Um, but anyways, uh, after that, the Eagles respond with a 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive of their own. Lots of DeAndre Swift on this drive. Lots of Dallas Goddard on this drive. Um, he's the one who ends up scoring the touchdown, Dallas Goddard, that is. Um, but then again, the Cardinals respond with a t- another 8-play, 77-yard touchdown drive. This one is more Michael Carter. Um, a little bit, yeah, a little bit more Michael Carter. And then this is one where Kyler Murray has a passing touchdown to Michael Wilson, uh, and then, you know, the uh, the Eagles, they end up kicking a field goal. But then the Cardinals, you know, they're just monsters. They score on – this is the most insane. Seven plays, 70 yards, and two minutes and one second. And Kyler Murray at this point is in rhythm. Like, he's hitting Greg Dortch on the sideline. And Greg Dortch actually escaped for a 36-yard play to the five-yard line. James Conner runs it in for a touchdown. Let's see. That is one, two, three. Okay, the Cardinals scored a touchdown on every single drive in the second half. That's inexcusable for your defense. The one, two, three, four touchdown drives. They did not miss it. And they had scored a two-point conversion, too. So that's 29 points in one half. They just never punt. Did not forget to kick a field goal. They couldn't even force a field goal. That's all on the defense, man. Like, the Eagles' offense, like I think they, they, weren't like ex- they weren't, like, elite in this game. But, like, they did the job. This is the defense, man. Come on, Eagles. Where are you at? Um, <laughs> I'm not, like, hating on them, but I'm just, like, shocked at, like, the effort from this team, especially a team that's been reeling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going forward, you know, they've lost, let's see, three out of their – sorry, one, two, three, four out of their last five they've lost, and the win was a miraculous win against the Giants who were within, like, eight points of them. Playing the Giants again, they, sh- they should be able to get a win there, but still, like – it's just not a great run into the playoffs. And, you know, that's where, like, the like your momentum matters a lot in the NFL. And we'll see if that affects the Eagles. Um, taking a look at the standings, you know, they, see, with this one, they um, they dropped. Now, now they're not the ones, you know, in the division leader spot. Um, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They, the Eagles have fallen to the wild card. They're going to be sitting at the top of the wild guard because they still have a great record off that huge winning streak they had earlier in the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the Eagles, they need to pick their stuff up. Let's see if they can course correct um, against the Giants next week. Moving on, um, I'm going to talk about one of the marquee matchups of this week, the Miami Dolphins visiting the Baltimore Ravens, 56-19. to the Baltimore Ravens just pulverized the Miami Dolphins. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, 
this is an utter show of domination. And going into the playoffs, the Ravens might be the hottest and best team. Like, every team that I'm talking about before, Cowboys, 49ers, um, Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs, all these teams have faltered. But the Ravens have not. They are sitting at 13-3. and Fantastic. Everyone on their team is playing fantastic. Lamar is out of his playing out of his mind. In this game, he had eight. He was eighteen for twenty-one, three hundred twenty-one yards, and five touchdowns. Um, just a ridiculous performance. Five touchdowns. Lamar might be the MVP. He's making a late push. Why shouldn't he be MVP? This is the best team, and he's played fantastic. Give that man the MVP. I'd rather him than Brock Purdy, who had the stinker. Dak hasn't done enough for me. Jalen Hurts hasn't done enough for me. Give it to Lamar. I'm making a late season Lamar push for MVP. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But basically, yeah, I mean, this game was just, it was insane. I mean, I thought, you know, Miami, like, again, it's 56-19, so I'm not going to go and read through, like, the game script like I've kind of been doing for the other teams here. But, you know, Miami, they had a nice opening touchdown drive. Um, They got uh, A-Chain involved a lot. I thought he had a bunch of space to work with. Um, Mostert didn't play in this game. A-Chain, 14 carries, 107 yards, 45-yard long. Like, that's pretty good. Like, he, he did his job there. Like, the running wasn't the problem, really. Um, uh, Tua, he had, like, an okay stat line, 22 for 38, 237 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, sacked three times. Actually, the completion percentage is really bad, which means, you know, the Baltimore, they they did their job on defense. Uh, they got pressure in. Even though it was only three sacks, they did pressure him a lot. They threw Tua off his rhythm, and they had him missing a couple of throws, which led to the interceptions. Um, Tyreek Hill had six catches for 76. Um, again, no Jalen Waddle in this game, so that definitely obviously makes a difference. But still, this was still a vicious beatdown. Um, ba- after that opening drive touchdown, um, Baltimore, they responded with a touchdown of their own. Um, Justice Hill was, like, actually crazy in this game. Like, he just was so great in open space um he basically it was he actually had like a pass from Lamar that he took for 26 yards um and then he had a short pass for 18 yards and then passed deep right to Zay Flowers and then a touchdown again to Justice Hill for 20 yards he just he went ham like he had a great kickoff return too shout out Justice Hill man um like I said Baltimore has a ton of weapons and they are not afraid to use them um, but, yeah, basically after that, Miami kicks a field goal. They exchange punts. Um, Baltimore Ravens go down 10-play, 89-yard touchdown. Uh, short passes, getting Gus Edwards involved. The big one here is the deep one to Odell Beckham for 33 yards. Odell is still a threat. Miami responds with a field goal. And then, see, here the score is 14-13. to This is where I felt the game really changed. After kicking the field goal, the Dolphins just completely blow the coverage on Devon H or, or sorry the, the Dolphins completely just blow the coverage and leave Zay Flowers wide the hell open and Lamar Jackson is just one play 75 yards Zay Flowers touchdown and suddenly what was like a back and forth game has now you know there there wasn't any like huge plays like this there were like 20 30 yard chunk plays but not like a 70 yard but this one kind of broke the game open in my opinion um after that it's 21 to 13 Dolphins or sorry Ravens and then Tua throws a pick on the next drive, and then after that, the Dolphins, or sorry, the the Ravens, oh man, I'm getting all tripped up, the Ravens are in good position, this is where, you know, this is the the Ravens' aggression paid off, they were so aggressive in this game, it's fourth and seven, Lamar Jackson makes a pass to Isaiah Likely, Isaiah Likely snags it with one hand, turns the corner, the guy falls, and just takes it in for the touchdown, 
Isaiah Likely has stepped up great without Mark Andrews, who's ruled out for the season. Isaiah Likely, man, he makes these random plays where you're just like, oh, oh, snap. Like, you don't notice it, but it's like, oh, snap. Like, he he he, he doesn't get, like, the possessions and the targets that Mark Andrews got. But, like, whenever he gets a play, I feel like he's making plays. And that's true of a lot of these Ravens, man. Like, they don't get the ball often, but when the ball comes their way, they're all making plays. And this offense is humming right now. But, yeah, so, like, so again, like I said, it was 13-14. to 14. You give up one play, 75-yard touchdown. You give up uh, the pick, and then suddenly a 35-yard touchdown. And suddenly it's 27-13. to 13. And now it's looking like, oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do. And, you know, they had a chance to respond after half, but then Justice Hill, man, 78-yard kickoff. And then that sets up an easy Baltimore touchdown where they just run it with Gus Edwards twice. And then, again, likely gets his second touchdown here. And it's 35-13. At that point, the game is over, man. Like, the defense is gunning for Tua. They are trying to just rip his head off at that point. Um, and the Ravens, you know, they they also had a fumble um, where Gus – and this kind of felt like the last straw for Miami. Like, it's 35-13 uh, Ravens. They're down by 22 points, you know. Um, the, uh, the Ravens are have the ball. Gus Edwards fumbles, but then the first play, again, Tua throws another pick. And at that point, it's just like, all right, man. Um, they do score a touchdown. Um, I think this is the one to A-chain. Uh, yeah, this is the one to A-chain. Um, they do go on a touchdown drive after that. You know, Baltimore ends up punting, so it's not like it was that pick, but it just kind of felt like it that in that moment. Um, and then, you know, the Ravens, they go on another touchdown drive. The offense of the Dolphins just kind of sputters for the rest of the game. Three more touchdown drives for the Dolphins, uh, or sorry, by the Ravens, including uh, their backup. Tyler Huntley came in throwing to Kolar. I don't even know who that is at that point. But at that point, the score was 49-19. to Just a dominant win by the Ravens. And this is significant because the Ravens have clinched the top seed in the AFC. And honestly, you know, going through the standings, they are the team that deserve it, right? Like, they have not faltered like the other teams have so far. Um, The Dolphins have had their moments against tough teams. The Chiefs have definitely struggled. The Jaguars have struggled. Like, they are the team that definitely deserves the one seed, in my opinion. And it's been clinched. Uh, There's no question about it. Your Ravens are going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs that's super important for them uh you know i i it really feels like if there's any time that lamar jackson is going to make a super bowl this is his time man like this is a weak afc like you guys have the better team like the dolphins might be tough if they come there again with jill and waddle but you've d- proven that you can destroy them so i i don't you know they should be the favorite uh in the afc i think as of right now um yeah Moving on, let's go to the most interesting game on Saturday night. Lions versus Cowboys. You know, going into this game, the Lions uh, and Cowboys obviously had great records. You know, these are teams at the top of the NFC. These are both division winners currently. Um, This was a super interesting game. Um, There was so many things going on in this game. Um, Offensively, I thought, you know, the Lions had a nice start. They basically spammed Amon Ra. Um, and they had to end up, they end up settling for a field goal. Um, you know, Jared Goff didn't have the best game, actually. I thought, you know, he had, well, obviously, yeah, he had, um, 19 for 34, 271 yards, one touchdown, two picks. The thing that sucked about his picks is one of them was like off a screen. Another one was like a very short out route. And it's just like, it, it seems like, come on, man, like don't throw it. Or it's like an arm strength question. It's like, it's like, he's like predicting the read before 
he's even throwing the ball and looking. Because, like, if you look, it's like, okay, like, dang, like, this guy's clearly going to pick the ball off. Let me not throw this. But he's just throwing it anyways, and that's kind of how he got both of his picks. Um, C.D. Lamb had a generational game, 13 catches, 227 yards, one touchdown. He really carried this team on offense. Um, He is basically, like, almost like 67% of Dak Prescott's passing yards in this game. Um, Brandon Cooks played pretty well, though, too. I'll give him credit. Five catches, 60 yards. He also had a touchdown of his own. Um, Tony Pollard, 16 carries, 49 yards. Doesn't seem like that big, but he had a couple of important runs. Um, yeah, Dak, 345 yards, two touchdowns, one pick on, of his own. But again, like this was, there was just so much action in this game. So, like I said, the Lions, like they start off pretty well. Uh, big play to Amon, Amon Ra St. Brown, who runs for 23 yards. Um, David Montgomery was getting a couple of runs in, but then you know eventually it's two incompletes, third and ten. Um, you know, no gain to Jameer Gibbs, and they end up kicking a field goal uh, to start the game, 3-0. Um, then, you know, the, the Lions, like, they played pretty well. Um, basically, like, I guess, you know, obviously I read off C.D. Lamb's stat line, so you can tell that Dak Prescott was kind of spamming him. And the Lions made a great read. Like, sometimes Dak does this thing where he kind of just locks into C.D. Lamb, and it's like, all right, whenever I'm trouble, I'm throwing to C.D. I don't blame him because C.D. Lamb is a great wide receiver. But the thing is, sometimes when you do that, the defense can kind of key in and it makes it easy to predict who you're throwing to. And when that happens, the defense just has a great chance to get a jump on the ball, um, which is exactly what happened. Right. So, again, you know, the Lions, they get a jump on the ball. CeeDee Lamb, they pick it off. Um, he returns it for 24 yards to the Detroit 43. But then again, the Cowboys defense comes up clutch um, five plays, 10 yards, uh, and the Lions are forced to punt it after a sack um, of Jared Goff. And then this is where the game, like the action in the game just gets insane at this point because literally, okay, so it's third and 13 at the Dallas eight. Dak Prescott is literally in the end zone and the Lions send the blitz. It looks like Dak Prescott is about to be sacked, but then because like he like stops looking down the field and he starts like looking around and starting to run. He makes it out of there and then he throws like a pass on the rope like 50 yards down the field on the run to C.D. Lamb. And you can see the defender fall down as the ball is in the air. And C.D. Lamb catches it and takes it in 92 yards for a touchdown, man. That's when I was like, oh, man. I mean, that's like majority of obviously where his yards came from. Like just that one play is 92 yards of the 227. But damn, like that was such an insane play because I was like, it was such a momentum swing. Like the Lions literally felt like they were about to have a safety on their hands to go up 5-0 and then get the ball back. And then suddenly, you know, they complete the pass to CeeDee Lamb. The defender falls down. It's 7-3 Dallas. And at that point, I'm like, okay, like the Cowboys have the momentum. Um, And then yeah, this game is kind of weird just because, you know, there's a couple of um like – turnovers like so there's four plays right the Cowboys punt or four drives sorry the Cowboys punt Jared Goff throws a pick that's the one on the screen I was talking about then the Cowboys fumble the ball and then Detroit turns it over on downs and it's just like so much hectic stuff going on um at that point you know maybe like see it's easy to say this stuff in retrospect but if you're Detroit man like they're very aggressive on offense it felt like you know like this is they had a fourth and two Detroit fakes a punt and uh, they throw the ball to like the gunner, I guess. And he goes for 31 yards. And after that, they had some great momentum. Uh, Oman Ra ran it for 11. Jameer Gibbs, 11 yard rush. Uh, and then Jameer Gibbs had another 17 yard rush. 
and then the Dallas defense holds them at the two yard line. Uh, Jared got or sorry, Jameer Gibbs gets stopped for negative three. Then incomplete to Laporta. Jameer Gibbs one yard rush, fourth and four, incomplete to Laporta again. Um, that was a huge stand by the Cowboys because you know if they score a touchdown there, the momentum kind of swings back. I thought that's what the Cowboys did. Like whenever it seemed like the momentum was kind of leaning in the Lions' favor, the Cowboys just kind of were like nah and took it back. <laughs> that's a good way to describe this game, honestly. Um, yeah, a couple of punts there. The Cowboys, they punt to start the half. Um, and then Detroit starts working in their offense, right? Their offense is just kind of like bread and butter, like run it with Montgomery and Gibbs, short Jared Goff passes to Amon Ra, have a big chunk play in there. Um, but this one, it was really methodical. Um, the big play was a David Montgomery 22-yard run, and he also had the rushing touchdown for that drive. Um, Dallas, they go 10 plays, 42 yards, end up kicking a field goal. Um, and then I'm going to kind of skip around to where it gets interesting, right? Um, again, nine, Dallas has a nine-play. The Lions kick a field goal. Then the scoring kind of opens up, right? Dallas has a nine-play, 75-yard field goal. Um, this is the one to Brandon Cooks. Again, Brandon Cooks has a nice pass on this one where uh, Dak Prescott on third and five kind of lays it up for him. He makes a catch for 21 yards. He ends up scoring the touchdown. Um, he played pretty well. Then a couple of punts, and then this is where the game gets so interesting. So the Cowboys punt the ball. It's 13-17. Lions have the ball. Dallas is up. Um, on the Detroit 11-yard line, short pass to Laporta. He goes for 15. Then again, Jared Goff gets picked off here by um, Wilson. And this is where it sucks because you're down four points. You basically gave them a pick in their own – in like already in field goal range. Your defense does a great job of forcing a field goal, but then now you have to go down and score a touchdown. And even if you score a touchdown, you tie it. And that's where all the drama happens, right? Um, basically, Sam Laporta went insanely hard on that last drive. He had a 25-yard catch. He had a four. Uh, sorry. He had, then he has a 15-yard catch, and then Amon Ra also has an 11-yard catch and a 14-yard catch on this drive. Um, Sam Laporta 10, 25, and then 11, 15. He just went down the field pretty much. Amon Ra did the same thing. He ends up scoring. And then now I got to talk about these two-point conversions. So basically, Detroit, obviously being aggressive as they are the whole game, they went for a fourth down like two times. It didn't work. They went for a fake punt. Um, they got a couple of, they got like one fourth down too. And obviously, you know, as aggressive as they are, it's 19 to 20 and they're going to try to score a two point conversion and win this game. They're not going home. They're not trying to tie and go into overtime here. Um, but yeah, so basically the first play, they actually have a great play call where they run like a fake, uh, run. And then Jared Goff passes it to Taylor Decker, one of the linemen who comes in and he scores the touchdown. But then apparently they throw a flag, like, a couple of minutes later, like it's, it felt like a couple of minutes. Um, and you know, they say ineligible man, like, you know, the, the lineman never reported, but it's so controversial because if you look like there are Twitter videos where you can see Jared Goff in the huddle telling him to go report to the official. And there's literally conversations between that player and the official. So it's like, how did they not report? And afterwards, Dan Campbell is super pissed. He's like, come on, man. Like he like knows that they reported, but for some reason, you know, they, and the thing that I didn't like about the flag is if the refs are unsure, like, throw that flag, like, during the play or something. Like, that was weird. Like, it felt like they saw the result that he caught it. And then after that, they're, like, thought about it. And they're, like, disgust. And then they throw the flag. Like, come on, man. Like, if you're unsure, like, throw it immediately. Because that always makes it look like it's, like, sussed and kind of rigged. If You know, like, they're, like, if the guy scores and then they take it back. Honestly, if I was the Lions after that play, fail, I thought that play was great design. 
Like, if you're going to go up and try to score a two-point conversion with that play, do it. But then once your, like, cover is kind of blown and you can't run the same trick again, at that point, I would have just kicked the extra point. Um, and then the second try, I think, you know, the pass gets picked off. But then, um, you know, uh, Micah Parsons is offside, so the ball gets moved up. And they go for, like, another, like, sh- like an out route to, like, an, I don't know. Like, if you're going to do it, like, try to run the ball. Go with Montgomery or Gibbs. Like, these guys are good. Throw it to Laporta. Throw it to Amon Ra. Like, I forget who they threw it to, but it just wasn't. Uh, I think it's Jay Mitchell. Like, it, I just didn't like the play call. It was, like, an out route. The spacing was not there. Jared Goff hasn't been great on out routes this whole game because he got picked off twice. Um, I didn't like the call of just continuously trying to go for it. After that trick failed, they should have just kicked it, in my opinion, and gone for OT. Especially because that last drive, like, they kind of generated momentum of their own. Um, but again, the Cowboys come away with the win. Huge win for them. They're 11-5, and 8-0 at home. Um, they've been playing fantastic at home. Got to give Cowboys credit there. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, these are two teams. I just brought up this matchup because, you know, these are two teams at the top of the NFC. And it might be a playoff, you know, preview uh, if these teams could win and meet up again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these teams are sitting high up there in the standings. Um, let's see. Let's look at the playoff picture here. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are sitting at the two seed. The Lions are sitting at the three seed. They both clinched the playoffs, I think. Um, but, you know, they just need to uh, duke it out for the seeds there. Um, and, and it's – I guess it's a difference, right? Like, if you're the three seed, you might be playing the Rams, who are, you know, an annoying team. This is a team with Super Bowl experience. Versus, you know, two seed, you'll play the Packers, uh, who have, you know, been decent this year, but obviously don't have the playoff resume that the Rams do. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think these two teams will still play it out for the two uh, for the two seed uh, going forward. Um, and then, yeah, that about does it for the recap. Just a quick mention, uh, the 49ers, they beat the Commanders. So the 49ers have clinched the top seed in the NFC. Um, the Colts won a close one against the Raiders. The Colts haven't clinched, uh, but they're sitting there at the seventh seed. They're playing against the Texans, you know, in week eight. Uh, or sorry, the next, who are the eighth seed? They're playing against the Texans. That should be a primetime game. I'm pretty sure the winner of that matchup will pro- most probably make it to the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's i'm i I, like they're sitting at seven and eight um the steelers are still involved at nine and seven i'm not really sure what situation they get in and then but the bills are not even locked into the sixth seed so this is a pretty complicated thing but you know the seven and eight seed who are both vying for the playoffs are going to be matching up in the colts and texans and then you know the browns all beat the jets on thursday they clinched their playoff spot so that five seed belongs to them or sorry the playoffs belongs to them i think i guess they could technically still maybe go down if the bills win um but yeah let's see um that colts and texans game should definitely be interesting um and then you know uh going forward you know i think the uh there's a bunch of playoff scenarios next week so it'll be super exciting anyways guys thanks for listening happy new year i hope you guys enjoyed uh the podcast thanks for listening i should have an nba one coming in this week uh for that december recap so stay tuned for that thanks guys